Can I say the OC Remix uh, YouTube videos are really funny to me? Because uh, I was I was listening to the song with on the YouTube video, and it's like, oh, this whole video is just an ad for OC Remix. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had to have something that loops on there, but... I guess, but you, I was like, I thought like the thumbnail looked really cool, and I was like, oh, you could just use that as a background, but no, nope, like, no, nope, we're gonna we're gonna advertise. Of, you know, I mean, you know, some some people run websites for free and don't don't get compensated for it, so you know, <laughs> you know, so it's a passion project. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of one of those. Thank you, DJ Pretzel. Oh, that's not who you were talking about. <laughs> well, yes, I am. <laughs> I appreciate DJ Pretzel and everyone involved in OC Remix. They've been doing that for a long time. It's uh, definitely dedicated. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to episode 115 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and I am trying to get back into the swing of things. Uh, If you've been listening to the show lately, you'll know that uh, I was fortunate enough the last several episodes that other people have come in and hosted hosted songs. See, I told you I'm rusty. (laughs) They've been hosting episodes uh, on my behalf. So I've I've missed several. Uh, It's nice to be back, but I also want to thank everyone who's been on the last three or four episodes without me. Uh, It's been very nice. I've enjoyed listening to them, and I hope everyone else has too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, let's see. We got some people here today. Uh, first of all, here with me is Hillary Andriff. Yes. Hello. I would like to host the Final Fantasy Prelude, please. Oh, okay. We're going to double down on this now? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, also with me today is Audra Bowling. Hiya. And Peter Treisenberg. Hey, I think I'm going to host Dearly Beloved. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, congratulations, Audrey. You're the only one who didn't sass me, so you are now <laughs> at, the, at the top of my list for the day. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Well, thank you, everyone, for being here. Uh, as you can probably tell by the name of this episode, whatever it ends up being named, uh, we're talking about dungeon music today, which shockingly is a theme we've never done on Rhythm Encounter. Yeah, like a hundred episodes in, and we're just like, "Oh, wait a minute!" Yeah, that's <laughs> wild, isn't it? I mean, we've done so many. We've done so many like common RPG things. We've done maps and towns and characters and bosses and battles. Uh, but yeah, just dungeons ex- specifically uh, somehow eluded us until now. So uh, here we are. We actually held a held an internal a staff poll to decide on like this in the next six or seven, I think, episodes. And dungeons was by far the top. Like it was the thing people wanted to do the most. Um, so yeah, happy we're doing it. Uh, obviously there was interest and this, it's just, again, surprising. It never happened before. So yeah, so that, that's the theme today. Uh, dungeons and RPGs specifically, not, not like dungeons like Peter has in his basement for his atmospheric Yu-Gi-Oh battles. Um, Shh, you're not supposed to tell people about that. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm sorry. I forgot that was a, a need to know thing. Pharaoh, let my people go. Not unless you can defeat me in a duel, Moses. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that floating around and I freaking died. All right. See, I'm glad you had that ready because I I, I was happy with that. I came up with that like stupid little joke, but you uh, it it paid off. (laughs) Um, So 
before we get into the actual music, just uh, I want I was like asking people really quick, like what what drew you to this episode? Uh, I know everyone voted on it and people wanted this one to happen, but you were the three that made it here. So uh, let's start with Peter. Yeah, I mean, I think dungeon areas and RPGs are just kind of like where you spend a lot of the actual like minute to minute gameplay. There are these you know, set pieces, you fight enemies, you fight bosses, you're looking for loot, you're exploring. Um, and they're just these really, they're, they're always like high, sometimes low points, often high points of the games you're we're playing. And they often also have some really, really uh, catchy music. Yeah, I'm with you. How about you, Andra? Pretty much similar reasoning. I'm, dungeons to me are very iconic of RPGs, and I think they have some incredible music sometimes for them. So... I was just super excited to be on this podcast to talk about it. Sweet. And how about you, Hillary? Um, they're important, like Peter said, due to the amount of time you spend there. And I am pretty interested in musically kind of what makes that more versus less pleasant. You know, what people want to listen to during all that time, what we actually consider good. So I, I wanted to look into that and think about you know the qualities i enjoy in dungeon music and what i like to listen to during all of those hours those are all great answers i'm just here because we needed a host (laughs) um no i mean i was just excited about the topic in general because like i said it's it's one aspect of the show that we've never touched on so Mm -hmm. it, it was interesting to like go through and you know i have a I have a lot of music, of course, not to mention anything you can find online, but like I, I, I was going through so all of my stuff in iTunes slash Apple Music and just like looking like I have so many, like so many potential options. for There's this a now. lot of it. Yeah. 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 I think there are a lot of kind of expectations and conventions that go along with, you know, dungeon theme in an RPG. People have certain things they expect. And so I think it's interesting to kind of tease out what some of those expectations are and how the music we picked, you know, goes along with or doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised by the selection here. Good. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think we picked some good tunes, and it was definitely a process trying to pick just two for the show out of however many of the options we had for this. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. this one thing RPGs aren't uh, aren't lacking is uh, dungeon music. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll do another one. I know when we we kind of rebooted the show a few years ago, it was like that was an intentional choice to cut it down to two per so- two songs per person. But you know, even when you could bring on three or four, uh, the, some topics like this, like it's still not really enough. So it's always a hard choice. Yes, this be dungeons part one of thirty. you know back when we did battle music it was a long time ago now but we actually did do three of them in a row like back to back i don't really want to i don't really want to do that now but but i i don't think that makes this episode you know like the low level dungeon we should claim like final dungeon or cool dungeon space dungeon i think we have all of those in this one (laughs) there 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 is there's a final dungeon there's a what i think is a post-game dungeon no, there's at least two final dungeons. So yeah, I have at least I picked I picked a sewer dungeon. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it had to be done. Anyway, I'm just saying um, le- there has to be at least one. That's, yeah, true, that's true. That's true. Of the dungeon episodes, though, I think we should be one of the cool dungeon episodes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you don't you don't want to do like an April Fool's episode that's just terrible dungeons? 
not not terrible music, but like good music and bad dungeons or bad. Oh, yeah, you know. I don't know. I, I that that could be a fun challenge, actually. Yep. It could be. <laughs> uh, wait, why are these all sewers? <laughs> why is it just the thousand the thousand maws of Todorak like played on loop? <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I say we get into things now. Uh, so, Hillary, you have our first song today. I do. Uh, we are starting slow and somber here with the Ruined Sparkling City, which is a Shimomura track from the Legend of Mana soundtrack. It, it, is it okay if I tell people what you, your theme for this episode <laughs> almost was? Okay. Uh, if I'm not spoiling your notes, like you, Hillary decided that she wanted this one early on, almost also picked uh, what the Dead Sea from Chrono Cross. Yep. So it, her her theme for the episode was almost like sad sack dungeon music, <laughs> emotional dungeon music, <laughs> which uh, didn't exactly happen. But I like the idea. Maybe music, that's an, music to be depressed to. Yeah, maybe that's another <laughs> episode. depressing dungeons. I mean, it's a subset of dungeons and RPGs. It is. It is. Uh, some are done really well. So yeah. Okay. Like, like so, this one, but we'll get to that. So ruined sparkling city. Um, so I have. I don't actually know the the song the actual song here because this game never got a soundtrack that I know of. Um, but it's the, it's a overclocked remix called Rosenthorn and it's a remix of some dungeon music from the guardian legend, an old game on the NES that um, guessing not everyone listening or everyone on this panel knows about. So I will talk about what it is after. So You'll let's go. Listen. Heard of it. Yeah. Let's go listen to ruin sparkling city from legend of mana and the Rosenthorn OC remix from the guardian legend.
So, uh, Ruin Sparkling City is a theme that plays in a city, so you'd think it would be a town theme, but it is not because the town is abandoned and the only life there are enemies, really. And it leads to a boss fight, so technically it qualifies more as a dungeon. Yeah. Um, and it is like my favorite storyline in Legend of Mana culminates there. And just, I think this really kind of like is easy to picture if you listen to the song. So the story is about a bunch of jewel warriors who have been hunted throughout the years because they have these jewel cores and it's very difficult to harm them while they have their cores. Um, they can get scratched, but they're pretty invincible with the cores. But if their cores get, take, cores get taken, uh, they die. No. Basically. And there's a jewel thief in Legend of Mana running around taking Jumai cores and you work with this mouse detective guy. <laughs> but he's like one of the most, whim well, more whimsical characters in the game for one of the saddest plot lines. Yeah, you work with him and you track down the jewel thief and you learn about the kind of hierarchy in the city where like there's one person whose role it is in the society to heal the other jewel warriors, but she can't anymore. Uh, her tears were supposed to be, have healing properties, but she can't cry anymore. Very, very like depressing yeah. kind of storyline, but you help them ultimately. And this is where, this is where it all goes down. Um, but it's just a really, really pretty track kind of capturing the lost grandeur and the sparkle of this fabulous jewel city that's kind of fallen into ruin. So that's the backdrop. And I think the re like, if there's one reason I chose this song, it's because it's a dungeon theme that kind of captured the setting so well, um, which is why I went on about that. But I, I love the instrumentation. I love the interplay between the strings and the kind of like music boxy thing you have going on with the repeating phrases. Um, I just think the phrasing and the instrumentation really, really contribute to the atmosphere. So I want to point that out. Uh, in my notes, I said that the, the different parts, uh, each part's like a gem, ex expertly set in, in a piece of fine jewelry. Uh, and then I realized that was probably inappropriate given the story. Oh. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's both inappropriate and appropriate, though. Yes. It does work. It's just sad. But I, I also wanted to showcase unique dungeons that have kind of a different feel because a, a lot of the times, like I sort of alluded to, your expectation is, okay, I need to fight my way through here. You know, you're expecting kind of vaguely, maybe mysterious, but mostly kind of like dangerous and kind of high energy yeah. music to yeah. fight your way through. And this this is Something not bombastic. that. bombastic. Yeah. yeah, this is the opposite of bombastic. This is very somber. This is like, oh, something bad happened here. Honestly, Shimamura is so good at that, though. Yep. I, 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 her, it, it's the piano and the strings in this song are, are lovely. It, it, it's like, I, I haven't played Legend of Mana yet. It's It's been on my list for ages because I love the soundtrack. And uh, yeah, this definitely this definitely is, is helping sell it. I mean, this track is just, it's very powerful. Have you played the game, Audra? No, I have not. Oh, okay. But oh, it makes me want to play it. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm the Which only I... one that's played it. I've I've played some of it, but no, I, have, I haven't gotten here yet, right? Oh, no. <laughs> I guess I'd remember. You would. I've listened to the soundtrack so much, okay? You met, I know I've heard the song. You met two of the Jumai. I have met two of the Jumai. Actually, three. It's got, a, it's got kind of a, a sense of desolation to it that I really appreciate. It does, and it's sort of like, I think a lot of what contributes to that is going back and forth between this very pretty kind of melancholy melody and just the 
sort of pizzicato-y notes and the repeated phrases that do, 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 do. I, I think, uh, well, I, this is in my notes, but yeah, it, it's one of those songs that I feel like is evocative just because, just based on its name, like before you even hear it, like it tells you, it's like, okay, I just, I get the sense that like this is going to be something special. Um, as if I haven't you know, been listening to the song for years. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, this is actually a pretty pretty well-loved song. Yeah, uh, which is why it was actually on the show before, but it was a different version that was on the show, and also that was in episode 17, so uh, I definitely give you a pass. <laughs> Thank you. We don't always repeat songs, but I'm like, okay, that was almost 100 episodes ago, and it was another arrangement, different so version. we can bring it on. I think by this point, we can cut it some slack. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that should just be the rule from now on. Like if it's been more than like seventy five episodes, like it's it's free game. Whatever All right, so time to do a whole episode of One Winged Angel remixes. Uh. <laughs> uh, I actually don't remember which episode that was on, even though I'm sure it's happened at some point. I don't. I don't either. I feel like it has to have. Uh, wow, that's a lot of Final Fantasy Seven. It was on. I st- I actually always have the spreadsheet up when we're recording, just in case. Oh, there you um, go. <laughs> it was on episode thirty-two, but actually only, only kind of as like a, a gag, not the full song. Um, so actually, it's never been on the show. Um, hmm. hmm. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> go figure. All right. Someone's got to bring that Advent Children version on, please. Yes. Oh um, my God. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. I'm kind of retreading a little bit here, but the the strings and the piano notes here in this song, just like they add this air of mystery and melancholy. And that's something that Shimamura is just so good at. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter, I see you over there thinking of Kingdom Hearts music um, because, because there's a lot of there's a, that that style and that like emotion. Like there's a lot of that in Kingdom oh, no. Hearts, too, because she's just great at that. Oh, yeah, it really is. Like, yeah, she's she's Shimamura has a real knack for that sort of thing. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's a that's a good start today. And now I have a weird one. Um, so, the Guardian Legend is a weird. It's just a weird game, and I thought I brought it on at some point. Um, apparently, I haven't until today. Were you thinking Grand Blue Fantasy? Because I think you brought Grand Blue on. No, play. I don't know anything about Grand Blue Fantasy, except that I want to play the new one. I don't know. Somewhere, sometime, I've talked about Guardian Legend, or at least I plan on bringing it, but I never you, have. You know, maybe that was it. So. I don't know. So anyway, so it's it's a game for the NES uh, made by Compile. That was before they became Compile Heart and make very different kind of games now. But it it was something, and it was made by Compile and then published by Irem in Japan. But over here it was published by Broderbund, which at the time I mostly knew as the publishers of Print Shop and like productivity software for computers. Um, but they also published a bunch of games on the NES. Um, unless I'm really mistaking, I think they're, they're the ones that published Legacy of the Wizard on the NES, which was a Falcom game. Um, so they, they just, I would actually really love to know their story in the 80s, like how they found these games and chose to bring them over, because I feel like some of the games they brought over were not really coming out here. You know? Sounds like a topic for a pet map book or something. I know. Anyway, so, so I don't know how to describe Guardian Legend, because it's like, it's a top-down, sort of a... It's sort of an action RPG because, like, you 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 upgrade your your health and your weapons, and there's a whole bunch of different sub weapons you find, and all of those can be upgraded. So there's, I don't remember if it's exactly an experience system, but you know, there, there's a progression. Um, and then it's a sort of open world where you can kind of just 
find your way around and go where you want uh, within reason. Like there's certain keys you'll need to like access different parts of the map and to get to some dungeons. But uh, a lot of dungeons, you don't need certain keys. You can just go in and uh, maybe you won't be ready for certain dungeons. But yeah, um, it's just neat because like the the main exploration, you're on foot and, and you're this you're this girl who turns into a jet because why not? Um, so when you're on foot, you you shoot and you have different sub weapons that like you know maybe they'll they'll shoot a, a bigger bolt of something or you have lightsabers or a double lightsaber which is always my favorite, um, and all of those same sub weapons you can use in dungeons except in dungeons you turn into a jet and they're like a top down old school shooter, uh, so it's like two totally different styles of gameplay but your weapon systems carry throughout um, and like everything is like aquatic so like everything's like kind of like fish based enemies and weird looking alien creatures um but it has great music it's just i have no idea if i'm selling anyone on this because i know it sounds very strange but it's just it's a really interesting like blend of like top-down action rpg and shooter based dungeons um with like cool weapons that sounds really unique it is it is i've never played anything like it uh since then i would I uh, don't imagine we'll ever get like a remaster or sequel or anything, but it's it was always it's something that my brother and I played when we were really young, and it just always stuck with me as a really unique kind of experience. Um, so that's that's the big setup as to the you know for the game itself. Uh, but the game has really catchy music, and um, I like the original a lot. Like the original soundtrack is a lot of fun, um, and this is this is one of those. Uh, remixes that is not they did not try to capture the same um sound or feel of the original because it's definitely a much more chill acoustic version of some of the dungeon themes um but i i've always liked this one like this is an oc remix that i've had for i don't know uh however long ago it came out in like the early 2000s uh i found it and it just it's always been a favorite of mine for since then um and you know, because it's so different, because it has it's more of acoustic than like the higher energy. It's it's not one of those arrangements I think you could like put back into the game. Like it doesn't you wouldn't want to play the game to this, but that's okay. I still like the melody and it's a lot of fun and catchy and uh that um towards the end there's like that soft sort of whistle or strings. I mean it's all synthesized as far as I know, but um just those sounds that close it out. Um just I love the way it comes down, comes to a close at the end. Yeah, it sounds like some approximation of pizzicato, so like flex strings. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I made a note of specifically that too, so. And yeah, I would not have guessed uh, Shooter when hearing this, so I think actually the first thing I thought of was like uh, Kakuda and some some of the mana music. Oh, okay. It has that same kind of like flowy melody and uh, back and forth between the different parts and and some of the repeating like winds and sort of guitars um, that go back and forth and some nice counter melodies. I enjoyed it a lot. And it's a mix of like four different locations. Like it's, a, it's a, several locations, isn't it? Uh, no, I wish I had the page up. I can't remember if it's a mix of four or it's it's a song that's just played in multiple dungeons. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. But both of those statements could be accurate. Okay. Because I thought I saw like stage three, seven, eight something. Yeah, I don't, I just every every like stage doesn't have fully unique, unique music. music. So it could just be the music is from these. The song is in these stages. Yeah, okay, got it. I mean, having not known anything about the game it's associated with, I just 
I really enjoyed that piece. It was a great song it's, just to yeah, listen it's, to. It's it's catchy. It's very chill. I think this was. I think we picked a kind of a. This first block is very um, mellow, and I appreciated that. <laughs> mellow dungeon music. <laughs> yeah, that was sometimes. Cool. Hey, sometimes you just need some little bit of dungeon ambiance, man. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good. I'm I'm glad that's what you got because that's that was exactly how I built it. Also, I did look it up just just to confirm, but yes, uh, Broderbund did publish Guardian Legend, Legacy of the Wizard by Falcom. The Battle of Olympus, which was another weird NES game that I think I liked, um, and also Deadly Towers, but you know, they can't all be winners. How <laughs> And how dare we forget that um, they're responsible for the old Carmen Sandiego PC games. Oh yeah, that too. Ooh. Oh, what do you know? Oh yeah, Carmen Sandiego, Prince of Persia. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Mist, which I knew, but I didn't. I'm not gonna say because did I they publish to... Mist? Just the first one? Okay, cool. I can't remember if they published Riven too. Yeah, I know they published Mist. Yeah. Oh man. <sighs> Let's not talk about Deadly Towers though. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was our our mellow block. Um, our next block, and, and you'll never guess how I how I decided to pair these two up. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a theme in the next two songs. Let's see if you can figure it out. Um, so. Oh, I took the names off. Uh, Audra's Audra has our first one, right? Oh, yeah. And that is Steel Fortress from The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie. Okay. All right. Now, I think I think people will figure out the theme with this next one. Peter, what's our next song? Our next song after that is Geofront from The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero. Ah, now I get it. All right. <laughs> Let's go listen to our trails block uh, with Steel Fortress and Geofront. Welcome, go.
Well, Steel Fortress, to me, it just, it's an awesome dungeon theme. I kind of love, it has more of the bombastic feel I kind of associate with the whole, it's kind of close to the final dungeon area. It's, you're getting pumped for those boss fights and in Trails of Reverie, you're separated into two groups and you're doing all these different puzzles to figure out how to reconnect everyone and it's just, it's a really good song for just keeping your blood pumped and getting ready for that final push. That's that's interesting, because in my notes, I, I was actually curious. I was like, is this some sort of endurance dungeon? Because it has a very cold, kind of like metallic feel. Yes, it is, actually. To it, <laughs> but it also has that, like, it seems like the aim is to just kind of like sustain that high energy. And it makes total sense to me that this is one of those dungeons where you're doing a bunch of puzzles to bring the party back together. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you picked up picked up on that just from the music? That was my best guess. Sounds like a good guess. <laughs> it was pre- that was pretty good actually. I mean I didn't guess the party back together part, but I was like this this is this is an endurance dungeon of some kind. Yes. <laughs> it is a trial of endurance. But I think the music works for that. So it Yeah. It all yeah. comes together perfectly. It does. It's really high energy, and I really like the uh, the kind of the synthier parts of it, like when it really kicks into high gear. Mm-hmm. Like Falcom's just so good at that. Like they blend musical styles really well. Yeah. And they're always good at keeping it super upbeat. Yeah. So I people are going to get mad at me here. Um, no, I like I like the song. I like the electric guitar and the crunchy synthy sounds and how they overlap. I think the synthy part is a little weird because some of it is like. I don't know. I still haven't figured out how to describe it. Um, it doesn't sound as crisp as, as the guitar and some other parts, which I realize is probably exactly the point where like some some instruments sound more clear than the others. But there, there's just a couple times in the song where I'm listening. I'm like, you got this like really nice, like loud and clear guitar. And then it sounds like someone's like playing the synth part on like their laptop speakers somewhere in the background. <laughs> um, and I, it's an interesting blend how they come together. I would just like, I don't know. I ho- I honed in on that a little too much, and I'm like, what? what's happening there? That's odd. Don't I don't mind it, but it's odd. I can see that. I think they tried blending two kind of very unique styles together. Yeah. In that way, and it's like it's not quite industrial. It's no. sort of a the area is kind of like a futuristic type area. Okay. So it almost yeah. So kind of industrial actually fits for how it is yeah. presented. Oh, maybe I should have paired that with my Secret of Mana track. That's futuristic. Anyway, sorry. Were you going to say something? Oh, geez. I was going to say, maybe that's how I got arrived at, like, that's sort of how I got the steel vibes from it, because it was the contrast between the harsh crispness mm-hmm. and the kind of crunchy background. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely interesting to consider, like, how important, like, mixing is when it comes to, uh, music and audio and stuff i think that's something a lot of people like don't really pick up on all the time but like once you notice something like that it really sticks in your brain and you can cut you hone in on it yeah and i mean there i'm sure they could have done that in a number of different ways you know they could have dulled that contrast a little bit and had everything blend a little bit more yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like please don't 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 get me wrong i'm not getting down on the song it was just like just this one aspect that's what you noticed yeah it just just kind of caught me but there's almost like it's not it's almost out of place in the the dungeon itself is kind of Ah. bizarre so that in a way it actually makes sense i see i see yeah yeah like you're the one here with with the the 
Oh my God, what's Reverie? the word? What? Experience? Reverie experience. Um, <laughs> with the with the context of having ah, played the dungeon. Oh yeah, context ah. is the word. Yes, <laughs> it is a good word. It's actually not a complicated word. It just escaped my brain for a few seconds. So, I mean, I'm I'm way too far. Like I would like to play these games one day, but I also know how important the plot is. So there's no way I could even play this one. I play everything <laughs> leading up to it. Yeah. And Peter was just saying like, between our blocks here that he's played a couple, but that still means he's like six games away from this. So. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a bit. These games are long. <laughs> yeah, they are time sinks. So thank you, Audra, for playing it uh, and reviewing it and bringing Yay! the song. Along. You're welcome. All right, is it time for to jump into the sewers? All right, sewer dungeon time, my favorite. Um, well, okay, technically speaking, the Geofront isn't really a sewer dungeon, but it is a system of corridors underneath, like, the main hub city in Crossbell. So, sewer dungeon. Uh, but it's actually the first dungeon in the game, um, and it's one you return to throughout the experience. Um, and I actually didn't even first hear this in um, Crossbell because of the, the weird um, release order of the Kiseki games. It actually gets a reprise at the end of Cold Steel 2 that was really... But um, no, what I really like about this song, though, is it's got a really kind of just... Ja I don't want to say jazzy, per se, but it's very energetic, very upbeat. I really like the... Um, what are those like wind flutes that are playing at the beginning of it? It really gives it kind of a authentically Japanese feel to the song. And then the way everything just kind of picks up at the end um, where the whole thing just kind of crescendos is like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, it's a toe tapper. I can't, can't really say it any other way than that. I really appreciated the song. Yeah. I've, I've pretty much loved every rendition of Geofront I've heard. <laughs> It's just a really good song. And that's one of the things I was going to ask you to actually was like, I got the impression that this is a location or something that comes up in multiple games. So I'm glad I had that question answered. <laughs> yep, it comes in quite a lot. Most yep, recently in pretty, Reverie. It's a, it's a pretty big part of that that setting, yeah. Does every game have a different arrangement for the song? Or is that this like repeat sometimes? Okay. No, I, we know there are at least a few different renditions because Cold Steel 2 and... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. I was really excited when I first started listening to this because I was like, do I detect a funk beat? I, I think there's a little bit of a funk beat. I was really happy. <laughs> oh, there really is, yeah. <laughs> and I I appreciate the I appreciated the contrast and the differences in dynamics. Like there was a minimal piano section, and I was like, yes, it's okay. We have we have some loud, and we have some quiet. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think I think I think we mentioned this earlier, but like that is something that Falcom really excels with is having those different, almost disparate musical styles and making them sound cohesive. Like, this, this, because this thing's got, like, you know, this combination of, like, these, like, kind of snappy percussion and finger snaps and uh, the wind flutes and all this other stuff, and it still manages to sound like it all fits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I like the melody in this one a lot. It, it's, yep. it's, I actually wrote down that's funky before I knew that you were mentioning funk in your <laughs> notes, Hillary. Um, and it just, it, it moves along at a nice pace and it has interesting instrumentation. And I get this sense of this like, this like energetic theme, even though I haven't played the game. I like just the, this like energetic industrial sound. I actually had in my notes, like, I would be interested to know how this is a dungeon, because I think this one sort of fits into the not exactly unexpected dungeon music, but it's not like, yeah, we're fighting. True. 
So, and I also just recently learned what a geofront is, which is like an, an underground addition to a city. So I was like, okay, so is the geofront like a dungeon attached to the city or is it part of the city that leads to a dungeon or? It is pretty much that. It's basically a, a system of tunnels underneath Crossbell that occasionally needs uh, cleaning out from a monster infestation. Uh, yeah, okay. Some weird stuff will go on there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So your so your tutorial slash first mission in Trails from Zero is going into the geofront and and taking care of some monsters while also learning how the combat system works. And it's a it's a very good blend of that. And then um, the bit where it plays in Cold Steel Two, I won't get into specifics because it's very spoilery. But you're essentially retreating into the geofront because you're trying to get to us a, a point in Crossbell City faster. Huh? So like, oh, I'm taking it. Okay, we'll, we'll cut through the geo front to get to this location um, before it's too late, kind of thing. Hmm. So and, the, the uh, many the many moods of the geo front based on what's going on exactly. in the story. Exactly, it's, yeah. it's it's got vibes. <laughs> <laughs> the many moods of the geo front. I don't know. <laughs> okay. a, a novel by Hillary. <laughs> are, we, are we going? Are we going novel? Or are we going like you know '90s like? Yes, life, '90s album advertisement. Yeah, because I, I, I can actually, see the album art. Yep. Yep. It's, a, it's actually a self-help podcast. You can uh, <laughs> guess on Audible. <laughs> no, I was definitely going like cheesy 90s albums. So thank you. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we made it. We made it to the halfway I'm point. We got the Falcom out of our systems, guys. <laughs> Let's go to our next block, which is, well, more futuristic-like things. Um, at least that's the impression I got from the the second song here but the first song in the next block is leave time for love from secret of mana uh, this is actually from the secret of mana genesis arrange album uh, which i don't think is featured on the show before so mm. yeah so that's that's my other retro pick today and then after that audra has her second song which is stella nursery from harvestella yay harvestella harvestella yeah that right. game deserves more love it does it does that game deserves a soundtrack to be released uh, outside, yes, of, it does. outside of Japan, at least. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll go into that. Oh, we'll go into it. It's in my notes. Um, but in the meantime, let's first we need to leave time for love and visit the Stella Nursery.
All right, so I have a bunch of notes about the song here, about Leave Time for Love, but we were talking off air about the the prefix because on this arrangement album, every song still has its name from the original soundtrack, but they all got a prefix. So this one is Secrets, Leave Time for Love. And I don't really know why some of them are named what they are. Um, you know, Together Always got friends. Friends, Together Always. That works. Um, I'm not really sure why, you know, <laughs> prophecies prophecy <laughs> like the, some of the prefixes are just a little bit weird uh still of the night got ballads works um yeah i don't know danger has the prefix of avengers i i, I don't know so yeah uh why leave leaving time for love is a secret i cannot tell you i can tell you it's one of my favorite final dungeon songs of anything in the super nintendo era and fact that it's never been on the show was a little surprising to me although we we every time i look at our our database secret of mana has not appeared on the show as much as i always think it had um so yeah i I thought it was a good time to to bring it on so what i did not know coming into this episode and i think it depends on the community i was looking at vgmdb and some other places and it's one of those ones where i was shocked that there was there was a discussion like four or five pages long about this album and I guess not everyone loves this album. And I think it seems to stem from the fact that it's sort of a, a light arrangement. Like, it's not what you would normally expect from an arrangement album because it's not really rearranged. It's sort of just re-recorded with different instrumentation or or even like newer, newer uh, synthesized, you know, instruments. Um, so I like most of it. I, I think... I think it's one of those things where the expectation of like, oh, this is like a, a fancy new arrangement album. Like, uh, well, you brought on Legend of Mana, but that Promises arrangement album of that game is incredible. And um, very different. Very different. And a lot of arrangement albums, you know, they tend to be different. So this well, is more of a, like a, it's almost like an updated take on it. Yeah. And even during the Super Nintendo era, like you did get serious arrangements. Like there were the vocal Final Fantasy albums there were Sugaden had like Celtic and like oh yeah yeah jazzy so like there were you know expectations were high that arrangements would be significantly different probably yeah I I really think just naming it that maybe did a disservice because I don't think there were some like translated I, I read some comments by Kakuda and it's like you know it wasn't really meant to be like a rearrangement it really was like hey I'm I'm re-recording this like just to you know basically add more to it, like add more depth to it or whatever. And I think that's fine. Um, I think if you don't expect it to be an arrangement album, um, I think it's okay. Um, so it, it's really just a slightly different take on a lot of this music. And uh, I enjoy it. Uh, in, in fact, I had to listen to this and the original one a lot to decide which one to bring. And it's kind of a toss up. You know, it's not a huge difference between the two, but ultimately I wanted to bring this because I just think the album itself is is interesting in that it's a different kind of arrangement album than you get a lot of times. Um, so, yeah. Um, as for the song, uh, this is one of those, uh, as I put in my notes, it's one of those classic RPG things where you get blindsided by a new setting. Uh, in this case, a monster-filled, uh, basically, spaceship. Uh, which is obviously not something you experience in this game up until that point. There is like little bits of technology and stuff like in this world, but certainly nothing like the the last dungeon. Like it's completely 
completely different from everything else. Right. Up until now, you're launching yourself out of, you know, low-tech devices like cannons. That's true. Yeah. How do you get around? Do you, like, you get this, like, really frightening-looking dude uh, shoving you into a cannon and firing you across the world? Oh, don't, don't disrespect the cannon, brothers. I'm not disrespecting. I'm just saying, like... It doesn't instill a lot of confidence <laughs> when you walk up. It's like, okay, I'm already a little nervous about this whole thing where you're like, you're going to send me to the next town by firing me from a cannon. But like the fact that you're just standing there jumping around with your, you know, three foot long hair. And is this supposed to be like goggles or why is he like this? I mean, eyes? there are the glasses or goggles. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, it just seems a little unhinged. Uh, can I have some goggles? Maybe. Yeah. No? Right. Yeah. Why can't we get goggles? I don't know. Yeah. But so you like, get to do a cool flip. There you go. But you, not much technology. If you were launched from cannons, then all of a sudden, oh, wait, there's there's basically a spaceship that can fly around. So, yeah, it's a little more. It's a little more high tech than you're used to. Um, anyway, I don't know. I, all of my notes talked about the arrangement and the fact that it's it's totally different aesthetic from the rest of the game and um, just the energy of it. And I just I've always liked it because this song feels different from every every other dungeon and every other thing in the game and that works very well because the dungeon itself and everything that's going on is totally different from the rest so it, it's a cool it's a cool twist and just change of setting towards the end yeah and also it's just it's just exciting like you know there's like we've talked about there's all kinds of dungeon music and there's different ways that composers do to like you know get your blood flowing and make you excited. But like this one um, is one of my favorite, like just really, really like high energy. Like this is just, it's an exciting dungeon. Like it's scary and the monsters are strong, but mostly it's exciting. And I enjoy that. You're also strong at that point. And I think that comes through in the music a little bit. Yeah, you're strong. And then also like, there's so much like, there are things you get in that dungeon, even though you're at the very end, like weapon orbs and some other stuff that mm -hmm. you don't get up until that point. Yep. So like you actually keep getting stronger even there. Yeah. Uh Secret of Mana is a soundtrack I'm very familiar with. It was one of the first two soundtracks that I actually bought. Me too. Yay. Wait, was your other one Final Fantasy VI? No. Oh, okay. Nope. What was the other one? Um, the Valkyrie Profile Range album. Oh, nice. So those, it was those two, and then it was um, Final Fantasy VI Grand Finale and Chrono Cross. It was like two sets of two in pretty quick succession. Okay. But anyway, I always did really admire this piece because it was able to convey that sort of like, yep, all these foretold events are coming to pass and you have to stop the mana fortress and things getting things are getting very exciting and serious, but also have it fit in with the rest of the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. I always thought that was really impressive. And you know, it's a pretty high energy soundtrack for, you know, the exploration and dungeon themes. Um, and the fact that it also conveys that sort of like last push is pretty great too. I think <laughs> talking about Genesis, I I think you're right to describe it more as like a remaster. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely what it is. And some of it, well, I like it more than uh, some of the remastered tracks for the more recent version of Secret of Mana we got. Uh, I actually completely <laughs> forgot they, they remastered the soundtrack for that game. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a little hit or miss for me, but I like this one a lot because that original, like that, that song was almost like overstimulating for me. There was just so much high 
flutey stuff going on. And I think this remastering of it kind of actually toned that down just enough that I can really appreciate the song all the more. So, yeah, this is my first time hearing it and I just kind of love it. <laughs> so it's yeah, definitely it's really a catchy. good song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I recommend the game. It's not actually it's one of those RPGs. I don't think it. No, it does have a clock. I actually don't know how long it is, but it's it's I think on the shorter side. So I do recommend it. I would probably recommend the original or the is it on PC? I don't remember if they put it on PC or just on mobile. But if you can play the original, not the not the remaster, you're probably better off. It's part of the collection, is right? It? Oh yeah, in the yeah, collection. it's in the collection. Yeah, there it is. Right, Switch. Yeah, yeah. That's how I play it. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's co-op. Yes. Oh. So th- that fun. is its big distinguishing feature, I think, during its time is that it was co-op. You could have up to three people. Yeah. I mean, that was that was probably one of the reasons my brother and I played it so much, because it, it was one of the few RPGs we actually could play together. So um, I did I did look up that discussion, by the way. And admittedly, this is from a comment from 2012. But and this is someone posting on VGMDB. But apparently the idea was that Kakuta remade his original MIDI files with today's virtual instruments. So, like, that was always the concept. Uh, right. So, kind of a remaster. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if anyone can hear the child in the hallway, <laughs> we are sorry. It's, it's all good, man. Okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> hope, hope everything's kosher. Someone has a lot to say today. Yeah, someone does have a lot to say today. Yeah, yeah it's not tantruming, it's, it's just yelling. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's not upset or dangerous. Shouting. It's just shouting. Yeah, someone's upset that they, they haven't been to the nursery yet. Oh. <laughs> oh. Transition. Still the nursery. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that took me a moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. okay. Oh. Yes, Stella Nursery is. Well, I kind of I've loved Goshina's work ever since I've heard the the God Eater soundtracks, and I was just really happy that they worked on the Harvestella album. It's just, it's the soundtrack in general is really good for Harvestella, and I really love the Stella Nursery, the energy of it. It's, I guess you'd say post-game kind of dungeon. It's it's just, it has a very good feel for that kind of energy, and you're powerful, your characters are powerful, your party's going through on a time limit. (laughs) the game had a time limit and it's just it's a very it's a very good energy song yeah honestly um so i, I have not played harvestella yeah it's been it's a, another game that's on my list because it came out during that period where square was throwing everything at the wall like from 2021 to, to this year where they had so many games coming out that it's just impossible to keep up and i think much as I was really happy to see them releasing a bunch of mid-budget stuff, it was like, they, they were like talking about how disappointing like the, the sales were. And it's like, yeah, you oh. think? No one has time <laughs> yeah, to play like, all this yeah. stuff. What the heck is a Diofield Chronicle? <laughs> I don't um, understand why they why they shoved so much out last fall, like in such quick it, succession. Like it's the time and money like, thing, you know? Yeah, it's like there's only so much time in the day and so much money to spend on games. And... Uh, for and some of these games were not all of them were great, but some of them were hidden gems, and Harvestella is really one of them. Um, this song is really epic, Audra. I really love the 
the chorus in the background. Yes. And kind of fitting with our space theme, this actually kind of reminds me of Star Ocean. Like, I don't think it sounds like Sakuraba per se, but it definitely has that same kind of vibe. It has some of the Sakuraba elements. Yeah. (laughs) There's definitely a sci-fi twist to that whole dungeon area in general. Yeah, it's like if Sakuraba knew how to compose more than two songs. Oh. Oh. Hold on, hold on. Oh, hang on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was mean. Okay. Hey, hey. (laughs) Did you not listen to the Jazz and Funk episode? Because he did jazz. I I did not listen to the Jazz and Funk episode, actually. So I will rectify that after this recording. (laughs) (laughs) I, look, I mean, hey, I'll admit I used to say stuff like that all the time, and that was before I read about how whenever he would do a Tales soundtrack, his notes from Bandai Namco were like, yeah, make it sound exactly like all the other games. So I'm like, well, I can't fault him for so that. It's then. not really his fault. And and to also be fair, he also did Resonance of Fate, and that game's soundtrack bops. So. He's also done some Souls soundtracks, and those are very he, different. He does, yeah, he's, he does the Dark Souls soundtracks. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I know. No one, no one talks about that. I didn't know about it for years because it just never comes up for some reason. Mostly I'm just baffled at how much music he puts out. Yeah. Dude's prolific. Yeah. Anyway, we got off topic, and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But... <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, the, 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 the Harvestella song. I think... Uh, yeah, again, the chorus, the way everything kind of just builds up. Like, mm-hmm. it was a very dramatic dungeon song. Yep. Yeah. I, I definitely have in my notes that it's very, very busy, very dramatic. Uh, I may have actually written, is this the death season? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, omnis. Um, right. Because that's the thing that happens in that game, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Which all, also always makes me uh, think of the novels if you haven't read the fifth season it's a really good book I know, I know, as soon as harvestella was you announced, knew it was gonna yep. yeah when that game was announced i'm like oh yeah like it's like this farming sim rpg blend and there's a fifth season of death and and you were like wait a minute i've read that book already <laughs> I think i, I think I'm i have sure that on my shelf actually no it's, oh, really? different. it's different no i know it's different but, but it's, it was interesting that I, I had no idea i'd never heard of it before but yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because the title is very fitting. Like I also wrote, you know, it kind of it does make me sort of picture like clashing matter and a nebula a little bit. Like not necessarily like kind of violent, but also kind of pretty. Mm-hmm. Kind that's actually a good way to describe it. Actually, yeah. I mean, we we looked up some some screenshots because you know I, I've played the demo so far. Uh, certainly not to the end of the game, but I'm like, yeah, this is a really cool looking place. Um. Well, I won't. I won't harp on this too long, especially because I already did this in episode 101. But yes, I'm still sad this album is available in digital form in Japan, like on iTunes even. Um, but not. Well, I don't know if it's not available anywhere outside of Japan, but it's certainly not available here. And it's so weird. It's such a strange thing to like, especially when you have like famous composers that right. that this does not mm-hmm. have a soundtrack that you can even just import on CD or even just buy a digital version here. Right, it'd be, I mean, especially digitally, it would just be like an easy way to make more money off the soundtrack. I know, bizarre. And have, and have people happily able to listen to Goshina. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, I, I guess it's, it's, it seems like it's a little, little easier to find right now as of this recording. Um, I know last time, like when the game came out and when we did episode 101, like trying to even find the stuff on YouTube, um, I'm sure it got. Oh, I'm sure they were. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they were like you know Square was having them pull it and all that, and I'm 
And normally I, I understand that. I understand that to a point where like, well, this is copyrighted and we want people to buy it, but you can't buy it. Yeah. So like, I, I was like, I wanted to listen to it, but it was so hard to find, but I don't know. I, I think, I think the video that you found here was like posted like a month or two ago. So I don't know. I hope it stays up long enough so people can listen to it until maybe you can officially acquire it. Me too. But uh, yeah, mm. uh, that aside, uh, what a what a cool song. Um, the the name did not prepare me for this song with like such high stakes piano and choir and uh, you know, it's. I, I think Hillary, you're the first one that said it. Like it's a lot. Like it's a <laughs> lot of things going on here, but it's <laughs> really really cool. Um, well, there's a there's definitely a lot going on at that point. Yeah, when you, when you reach it, so it, it kind of just it makes sense. It's like a crescendo, crescendo, crescendo. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, because we were curious what it was, so we looked it up, and and yes, yes, Hillary, I stole your, I stole your note. <laughs> well, you didn't say it. No, I thought you would mention it, but like when we were talking about, it, I was like, wow, this this sort of feels like a, a, or Hillary said that it sort of feels like a seraphic gate, like you know, try a style big dungeon at the end of the game. So I too sort of made the Sakuraba comparison a little bit. Yeah. And then we looked at it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can see it. So, so, so it's, sorry, it's, it's post game. Is it optional or, or how's it work? Um, well, you have a kind of, you have an ending to the game where you can actually get a secret ending that opens up like a final dungeon. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Depending on what you choose to respond to certain questions that are asked of the main character. Oh, I see. And so this is the one that opens up after after that. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's like we said, like there were so many games that Squ just Square released late last year to say nothing about just the fact that there's too many games, period. But I, I definitely would like to get into this. I have it. Um, like when the demo came it's out. It's a good game. I, I played, I was really, really into playing that demo because mm -hmm. it was long. Like it lets you play for several hours. Which is nice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you brought it on. That was a fun choice. Oh, thank you. All right. I'm happy I got to share it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun lesson. Are we ready to go save some birds? Yes. I'm always ready to go save some birds. I know you are. So, of course, you picked this song. Yeah, of the entire Terranigma soundtrack. So, what could be better in a dungeon than rescuing some birds? And wait a minute. I have. Okay, good. I, this is my one. It is yours. I wanted yeah. to make sure That's that. That's why I set it up that way. Okay. Um, so, the song I picked is. Brickliff from Terranigma. And that is, in fact, the dungeon where you go to save and bring birds back to the empty world. The noble quest. Yep. All right. And Peter, you have our technically last track today. Yeah. And so my pick for this block is Mortal Instance from the Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers OST. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so happy you brought this one. Oh, my God. It was such a hard choice. But yeah, the. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. All it's, right. It's got many callbacks. One of my favorite, I think, Shadowbringers yep. melodies. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go listen to Great Cliff and Mortal Instance.
So, my selection for this dungeon song is an unofficial selection. Um, and that's sort of out of necessity, actually, because there isn't really a good collection of the official soundtrack for Terranigma. I mean, there wasn't a soundtrack. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I really like this arrangement album, and I know you do too, Mike, because you picked Elle's theme, right? I think it was Elle's theme? Yeah, it was on episode 109. Oh, yeah. But I was yeah. I was really pleased, like, in the game, it's all, this track is almost a little jarring because there's a lot of that con- contrast. There's, like, a very high wind part that kicks in immediately, and then there's a, a low part. So, like, that contrast was... I think kind of tested the limits a little bit in the original sound version. It could be kind of grating sometimes, mm-hmm. especially at the very beginning with the like high pitch. Um, but this arrangement actually blends everything really beautifully. And I think it, it has some really nice smooth transitions between the different segments of the song, which is great. And also something that I appreciate in my dungeon themes when they have kind of discrete sections. You know, it's not just the same melody over and over. You have, you know, like a reprieve or a B section or something. And actually, a lot of quintet games do that. They use that structure where they their dungeon themes usually have two different segments that they cycle through. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I think, is even more than that. I could say it has three or four. But it's also very pretty. Uh, I, I think musically, it really does kind of evoke like high windswept cliffs, which is neat. And also traversing up them I think like the drums and the lower register does that so and it's a hard dungeon I think some of that comes across too it's not the easiest spot in the game I mean it is it's late I don't know it's late late game but it's late later in the game at least it's like no no later it's kind of mid late okay because you beat the towers and then you have to restore the various you know plants animals birds and then there's a whole wild, like almost graphic adventure segment where you have to um, progress the world by training things among the different nations. And so you have to accelerate human progress. Oh yeah. So it's like in the second segment of the game, I'd say when you're first restoring the world, but it's like halfway through that. Gotcha. Uh, and I also, I have to mention, uh, aside from being where you resurrect birds, which is awesome, this dungeon is, technically uh in my birthplace which is really exciting that's true they, Wait, really? they, they yeah they randomly decided that the spot to resurrect birds and they specifically say this in the game they, they could have picked any state but no specifically colorado nice what do you know oh wow <laughs> that's right did you remember is really ominous yeah it is Sorry, I mean to interrupt. No, it's no, okay. No. Go ahead. It is. It's sort of like mostly ominous with like little bursts of gusts of kind of a reprieve from that, I think. And and that really is the mood for a lot of these dungeons. You have to work to restore these different parts of the world. Like Yeah, it's like you are plumbing the depths. They're long and find what you can. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know I like this album because I talked about it six episodes ago. Um, so I'm not going to get into that again, but it's still one of those projects that I think is just really cool that one person went through and was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to rearrange all this. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) however many songs it is. And it's like, it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I went into it a little more in episode 109. So I would, I would direct people there for like general, my general thoughts on the album, but it's a, it's a cool project. 
And I'm glad it exists, especially because there was no actual soundtrack. Um, but for this song, like the, those like synthy wind instruments are just the stars to me. Um, like those and, and the bass line, just it all comes together. And I like the, why did I write airiness like that? Those, those aren't two different words, airiness. Um, but like the airiness of the song, like for this like cliff dungeon, it's a cliff, it is a cliff. Or like there are our cliffs. Yep. Um, it's, it's a series of like cliffs and caves and yeah i mean just like it it fits that setting so well and uh you know you get this like good sense of adventure and the rising like you know windy notes give also gives you the sense of like scaling a high place which you are um and you know all that is still true of the original song and like that that is how the original song sounded and i don't remember the exact words i said about this album before but you know this album this arrangement is always like so many of the songs feel like it's it's the same song it's just it's just richer it's just it's just a little bit richer than they did on the super nintendo and i appreciate that um uh, oddly enough it's actually i actually feel like it's slightly more arranged than the secret Nirvana stuff yeah. you know even though it's it's it's, it's similar like there's a there's a little fuzzy line between them like this is very true to the original but the the instrumentation is just richer and fuller and uh i, I yeah, think, I think just... they did a little bit with instrumentation and obviously they had more options you know in terms of like the synth and voices so they right but that richer sound really did this track favors i think yeah. like i said it, it could almost get grating in the original almost mm-hmm. just because of that high contrast um but i think this fits it all together nicely yeah well, it makes me want to play it again because I've only played through it once and I liked it a lot. Yeah, this is my second song that I've heard from this album and I really like it. I don't know how I, I haven't played the original soundtrack or heard the soundtrack since I haven't played the original game, but I really like the songs you've picked so far for this. Oh, well, thank you. The, yeah. the game's, game's worth seeking out if yep. you can um, uh, get a uh, find a means to play it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, yeah, right. I mean, right. it's it's a little bit of a commitment. But so a, a PAL Super Nintendo and, <laughs> and cart because it released over there. Mm-hmm. That's obviously what you meant. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely what I meant. Yeah. Just I'm, I just I just hid my Steam Deck. You can't see it, but <laughs> <laughs> I I love really good like visual gags on an audio podcast. It always translates so well. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm doing this like, thing like, now. Isn't that funny? Yeah, like, like, yeah, like you can't, like you can't see me nodding to the responses on this podcast. It's like, ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah, that that's the that's the one drawback, and I, I I try to be really aware of it. Well, not a drawback, but I try to be really aware of it when Hillary and I are doing a podcast together because she'll be sitting here explaining something, and I'll be nodding, and I'm like, wait, no one else knows I'm doing that. So I need yeah, to actually right. just say <laughs> yes. Good point, Hillary. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I know. <laughs> when it when it's earned. Yes. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, I would I would love for you know these three games to be re-released in some form, but remaster them. Do something, please. I love weirder, them. weirder things have happened. Un- until Act Razor got remastered, I would have said it will never happen. And now, who knows? That when first you, dungeon song in Actraiser was almost on this podcast, it, by the way. It was, yeah. <laughs> but like if Actraiser can get remastered and if Moon can get released, like, you know what? I don't know anymore. They 
some some publishers keep surprising us, so maybe one day it'll happen. Getting an official re-release of Clock Tower. <gasps> yeah, right? Woo! That's Which another big like, one. Yeah, I'm so excited for it. I've always wanted to play Clock Tower, or at least watch Clock Tower. Because you've played some of You just haven't played the original. Correct. You play, what, the PS2 one? PS1? I think it was 3, PS2? I don't know. Clock 3 two. was PS2. Yeah, okay, so PS2. Okay. That was the one that had multiple stalkers. Yup. Oh, boy. It's a, it's a creepy game. A lot of fun, though. Oh, my gosh. My, oh, yeah. My best high school buddy and I, we we exploited the hell out of the, the fact that they would not get you if you were at a save fountain or whatever it is. <laughs> so we'd just be like, okay, hold up, stalker. Hold up, terrifying monster guy that's been chasing me around for the entire stage. I just need to be at this fountain for a minute. This is my moment. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> it's it's like that it's like that that that, that video of Mr. X from the Resident Evil 2 oh, remake yeah. just kind of like pacing outside the door of the safe room. I mean that is that is it's the exact same thing. The exact same thing. Yeah. Only a yeah, little more ridiculous because it's not a closed room. <laughs> <laughs> In some cases. Hmm. Yeah. Where'd it go? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh goodness. That game has some creepy ambiance and good sound design. Oh yeah, from, really from the clips I've seen, a lot of stuff just uh, hiding in the shadows. We have Halloween episode too. Yeah, yeah, we should. Is that right? A lot of stuff hiding in the shadows. Yes. Yeah. You're trying to segue. I was trying, but then, then, <laughs> I'm, I'm, but then oh, Peter. God, Pe- now it's my turn. And it's then Peter's my like, turn oh, yeah, segue. Halloween. I'm like, oh well. <laughs> shadows, Halloween. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Peter, are you going to dress up as Emmett Selk for Halloween? <laughs> Oh, oh, ooh, you know what? That's actually a great cosplay idea. Let me <laughs> jot this down. Um, uh, no, for real. Okay, yeah, so uh, going into uh, Mortal Instance, this song is the final dungeon song from Shadowbringers. So if you consider that each Final Fantasy XIV expansion is essentially a self-contained entire JRPG in its own right, then Square has essentially released five absolute bangers in this series and uh this final dungeon is important both thematically in in the overall story but also as just an emotional gut punch and i won't get into specifics because i don't want to spoil it for people who haven't gotten to that point yet but you're essentially having after several twists that kind of shake the foundation of the entire Final Fantasy XIV universe, you're now having the main antagonist of this story ex- ex- explain his tragic backstory to you in the form of a dungeon. And it's really, it's a really intense sequence. Um, but what I particularly love about this song is its buildup. So what's really cool about this is that the entire area where this dungeon takes place is built around the same musical motif. So when you first get into the area, it's like this underwater section. You have this kind of twangy guitar version of the main of that tune. And then you find like the abandoned ruins of this ancient city. And it changes to this like super somber piano version of that song. And then when you actually get into the dungeon, it's the same city, only now it's on fire. And there are these like horrible monsters that manifesting from people's worst nightmares. And it's that super dramatic version of it with the strings. And it's just, I love it so much. The build up to that, to that moment is so good and so earned. Um, and as an actual song too, I really love just the sort of haunting tragedy of the whole thing. 
like it's really dramatic, but you're basically seeing the downfall of a civilization in 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 this moment, and it's just it's really intense. I love the I love especially the strings when it all kind of crescendos at the end. It's it's yeah, I, I could go on. The song is incredible. That was that was so. You went right to the edge of like every possible spoiler, but didn't quite, just, didn't quite just, step I over. Just, I saw what I see what you did there. It was it was. Oh no no! I actually wasn't trying to reference that, but but thank you. Uh, that was actually <laughs> that was unintentional. Uh, no no seriously, like I'm like I'm like oh boy oh boy is he gonna no no. Yes. This actually was very entertaining to watch Mike's face throughout this explanation, just kind of holding his breath, like, oh, he's going to spoil something. No, gonna... I don't think he's... No, he said he wasn't going to, but I know, I'm just like, I know, I'm kidding. It's, it's so hard to I, talk about this without... It is, really hard to, it is really hard to talk about this, but I, I, I have... I, my my uh my partner and a, another friend of mine are both like get it got into FF14 this year, so I've been very good at talking around things. Yeah, yeah. You, got, you have to learn that. Uh, no, no, you did well. Um, uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, the setting. Let's see. What can I still say here in my notes that you didn't cover? Uh, the setting is intense. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, it's interesting that like some parts of the song almost sound triumphant a little bit, um, in, in like this motivational way, um, which I think if you listen to the song on its own, you might sort of get that, um, but once you know the song in context and hear it in the game, you would not get that sense. Um, I was trying to listen to it like without thinking of the dungeon and just, I don't know, I was trying to get the sense of like how someone would hear this song without knowing the context. Um, and I don't know why I was trying to like think of it that way, given that we have two people here that don't know the context. So we'll, <laughs> we'll hear how they feel about it. But, but you know, it's, it's like Peter said, it's like, it's this like desperate struggle that you're going through and it's just... What they did in the last dungeon, actually, of, of Shadowbringers and Endwalker, like they are doing, they are so good at their final dungeons now, um, because mm-hmm. they're not just a dungeon. Like the story they tell on them, and the the mood and the setting and the music, it's just so much. Um, I, oh, yeah. I love the I way. Almost you... went... Oh, sorry. No, no, please finish. He almost went for the Endwalker one. I almost went for the Endwalker one because there's a specific moment in that dungeon that is exactly that, where it's like there's a little story that's being told over the course of this, and the end of that story. If you know what I'm talking about, Mike, it's oh, right yeah. after the second boss. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that bit. I was like, oh, dang. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's so good. And yeah, that was almost my pick for this spot, but at the end of it, I had to go with the Shadowbringers one because it did it first. I I love that song. I almost would. If we brought it on the show, I'd almost want to bring it on with the audio from the game, because uh, that's yeah, that's when the, that. the, vo- the voice clips are really what make some of those moments hit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just this this whole area is just it's such a stunning, it's a spectacle, really. Um, but the entire dungeon is, and then like the last leg of it, I'm just like, all right, guys, guys, just stop. Like you've already won me over. Um, and then you get to the end of it, and I'm like, okay, we're just going all the way here. Um, but I love the way you described it, Peter. Like, the fact that it does build on and shift the melody through that whole area and go to these different versions is just one of the reasons it's just so effective as a dungeon theme. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Hillary, I really need you to get back into the game. I know. And then catch up the Shadowbringers. <laughs> and then okay. I will do New Game Plus and play through it because okay. I want to play through it again anyway. <laughs> I really love what I saw of Shadowbringer, so I want to get there. 
Hopefully I didn't spoil you on too much. No. Okay. No. So, okay. Is Full Fathom 5 the first version of that song? I believe that's like the area. Yeah. I think. Yes, it's it's yeah. Full Fathom 5, then Neath Dark Waters, then this. Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, 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 have it, I have it in a playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I am... I love that motif. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Um... I probably mentioned this on our 14 episode a long time ago, but they have a lot of Shakespeare names in Shadowbringers, like a ton of them, which I guess makes sense given to Tanya. But I just hearing you all talk about this final sequence really made me realize how how fitting that name is and kind of the depth that reference probably would have for me if I play through the whole thing. Because the idea in the original, like in the original song, that that's referencing it is all about just kind of like the fading away and the decay. Someone's having to accept that their their father has died and passed on. And like Ariel, the air spirit is talking about how, you know, his, he's not fully dead, but he's transmuted under the sea. Like there were pearls where his eyes were and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So I don't know, hearing you all talk about this and like the shifts and the things that the warrior of light learns that kind of completely change their worldview it sounds like that with all the stuff that happens in this dungeon sounds like that's it's that same sort of like major shift i don't know it's interesting yeah i mean i would say there's a few moments in shadowbringers where your perspective of the world has changed uh, a little bit but i think i can now appreciate how the song title actually kind of plays into that yeah. a little bit more and I like how that's also reflected in like the u- reuse of that musical motif in a bunch of different ways to also illustrate that in a different way so it's, it's lots of reinforcement that I think probably maybe contributes to it being so full of impact it sounds like it's a good way of putting it I think yeah yeah that's pretty good I really wish I had more to say but it's just it's a very incredible Piece. Oh, I'm glad you liked it, Audra. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry if I, I didn't mean to like steal anybody's thunder. I kind of went off. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, no. You brought the song. No, you yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't steal any thunder. I still said what I was going to say, so. Me too. Yeah. Wait, let me check. Was there any thunder stolen? <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, so we have to dodge a hundred lightning bolts in a row. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no, no, not again. Not again. <laughs> me as I'm dragged kicking and screaming into my personal video game hell. Right. Yeah, I actually, I did note, like, what you were saying about it sounding almost triumphant at times, not knowing what goes on, I did get that, because I see in my notes here the word grandiose at one point. Yeah. Which I guess could, you know, if this if this society was supposedly, like, very advanced or something, I guess yeah. grandiose could apply. That, mm-hmm. I mean, if it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's also grandiose. Also, fits like the scale. I yeah. mean, it's a huge, huge city area. So okay, yeah. Anyway, all right. You know, I I joked early on, Peter, like when you picked this, I'm like, oh man, you beat me to picking the 14 song. But like I said, like it really worked out for me because it meant I didn't have to. So I got to, I got to talk about 14 and bring two songs on. So I appreciate you bringing it. Yeah. No. No. Happy to help. I. I, I, again, I had so many options I could have gone with for this pick. Like it was like between the final Endwalker theme or a long fall was another option <laughs> I was looking at because that song just slaps so hard. Yeah, but yeah, it's this is one of my favorites. I had, had to do it. 
So he, so here's the plan. We we somehow we somehow get another audio editor on the team because we, we have not tried hiring one for a while and because they've all gone away. Um, and we get someone who just edits our fourth podcast, which is just Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> and then our fifth podcast, which is just Final Fantasy fourteen music. Wow. That's two more names. I know. Look, there's like a thousand wow. songs, okay? Or however many songs there is now in 14. Like, we could keep going for a very long time before we repeat stuff. I was just saying. So, all right. Well, that is our dungeon episode. Uh, Thank all of you for being here. That was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, as always, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Love love doing this. Me too. It was nice to get back into it. Um, So thanks for making it fun for me. Um, Thank you for having the idea. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if it was my idea. Actually, who did who did make this card originally? This card has been on our our board for Rhythm Encounter since 2014. Uh, Solosi actually made the card in 2014. Oh, wow. mm. Thank you, Solosi. Um, and a whole oh, bunch man. of people who are not here anymore were going to be on it at one point, but I'm glad it finally happened. Yeah, uh, came and went. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we always do at the end, uh, I like talking about the games that made their debut on this episode and surprisingly only two this time uh, that had never been on Rhythm Encounter before and those are The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie so thank you Audra and The Guardian Legend so thank you me that's a lot of legends we had two legends that hadn't been on this show before that's rectified yeah so um, if you've been listening to Rhythm Encounter uh, the last couple episodes um, we when those were recorded, they were recorded so far in advance, we didn't have our like full upcoming slate planned out. So usually I'd like to talk about two here, but because we've let you go a while without telling you, I'll, I'll at least cover the next three. Um, so this has been Dungeon Themes. In a couple weeks at the end of August, we are doing our favorite PlayStation 1 music, which I think is going to be very popular. Um, so I'm excited about that one. Um, after that, one of our other top winners in our poll is underrated Final Fantasy tracks, um, which I I am going to be on that episode, but I have no idea what I'm going to choose. So all of FF3. FF3 is a yes. good choice for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I might do that. Yeah. Maybe that's when I finally bring on. No, well, I can't say it because I might actually do it. Um, okay. Yeah. So PlayStation 1, underrated Final Fantasy. And then now we're at the end of September already. Um we're revisiting town themes um, because even though there are some other themes we haven't done yet, uh, we did town themes, but it was in August of 2014. So uh, I think it's been long enough. We can do more town themes again. So that is what is coming up on the show. Uh, We hope you look forward to it. Uh, We're definitely looking forward to putting them all together. Um, If you have thoughts on this episode, if you have ideas for topics or any other feedback you would like to share with us, you can reach us at music at rpgfan.com. Uh, if you want to reach me, well, I check that email, but you can also email me at mike at rpgfan.com. Um, and how about everyone else? Uh, what's the best way for people to reach you, Hillary? Um, email would be the best way. I'm Hillary A at rpgfan.com. And I have some feedback. You, you have could, feedback. You, I do. You could call one of the Final Fantasy fourteen podcasts, uh, Raban Encounter. On encounter. Oh. Yes. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because we always have to have an R, huh? He was the first R character I thought of. Okay. Okay. I like it. 
Um, how can people reach you, Audra? Um, email Audra B at RPGFan.com. Okay. And Peter? You can't. Um, please don't. Um, I know at at the moment I don't really have a site email and I also am not going to be, I'm not on Twitter anymore because, you know, Twitter is what it is right now. So yeah, I don't really have a social media plug to hint to share yet. Uh, when I do get another one, then we'll cross that. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, It's a shifting landscape. I would even mention yeah, it really is. I would even mention on this episode like what Twitter is rebranded into but by the time this publishes it could be different. So why even yeah, bother? Yeah, right. It's like it's this there's really no point cuz it's just untenable as a service right now. Right. So in the future look for RPG fan on Mastodon and Blue Sky. Uh th- that's a joke. I mean, it might be a joke. We don't know yet. But we don't think it's going to be Twitter. Uh So yeah. Um that aside, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please check out our other episodes of Rhythm Encounter. We do have 114 of them. Um, and beyond that, RPG Fan has two other podcasts. We have Random Encounter that posts every other week opposite Rhythm Encounter. So that is about current uh, RPG news, reviews. Um, Jono hosts that and always likes to highlight um, like new reviews on the site, which sometimes are new, new items and sometimes are retro things. So... Uh, I don't know what's coming up next because it really always depends on what's on the site. Um, and then of course we have retro encounter that posts every other right now it's posting every other Thursday. And when this goes up, we're actually going to be right between a two-parter on disco Elysium. Uh, yeah, Hillary, you're on that one. Um, along with several, along with several other people, um, you've been playing it lately and just really enjoying it. So yeah, so be sure to check out Retro Encounter and their playthrough of Disco Elysium. I'm sure that's going to be a very, very interesting series of episodes. None of us are going to have the exact same game. It's going to, it's going to be amazing. I know. That's that's <laughs> what I'm excited about. Like, you're all going to have totally different experiences. So, yeah, uh, check those out. Uh, you can find RPG Fan on most social media at RPGFan.com. So you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Be sure to check those out. And then, of course, RPGFan.com is our main site. Especially notable if you like trails. We've been doing a lot of that lately. A lot of trails, yeah. yeah. Um, and then lastly, of course, I have to mention, uh, even though our, our shop affiliate said I should have said this at the beginning and I didn't. So maybe I'll do that next episode. But we do have a shop of merchandise. Uh, so you can find that at RPGFan.com slash shop. So we have general RPG fan merchandise, and we do have 25th anniversary merchandise because this is our 25th year, um, and that's only going to be available until the end of the year. So if you had your eye on it, uh, I encourage you to check it out so you can get a shirt, a mug, uh, a phone case. So many people on staff, like it's really sweet. Like so many people on staff have bought merchandise, even though like I didn't ask anyone to and didn't force anyone to. But like people keep saying, it's like, oh, look, I bought a shirt and I bought this mug. And I'm like, it's. It's really nice, and uh, and everyone seems happy with it. You know, I have I I can at least vouch for the the phone cases. Um, I think are very very nice. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I, I love my mug and my sweatshirt. Oh, you got a sweatshirt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Um, I, I feel like the what we seem to sell the most are shirts, sometimes hoodies, and stickers. A lot of people like their RPG fan stickers. So, yeah. Again, you can check all that out at rpgfan.com slash shop. 
Um, and then the last thing is if you enjoyed this show or any show, uh, we would love it if you could support us on your podcast app or platform of choice. So if you could write us, review us, or even just share a link with people, uh, we appreciate that because we just, we like having people listening and we like getting feedback on the show. So there you go. And that is just about our show, except we of course have a bonus track and Audra has our bonus dungeon theme today. So what are we closing out with? Oh, we are closing out with The Winds of Fate from Persona 5. Awesome. Where does that play? Even though I have not finished Persona 5. It is, I believe it's the Casino Dungeon. Okay. Yep. Sounds right. Cool. Well, you can pretty much never go wrong with, well, actually, I was going to say you can never go wrong with Persona 5 music, but really Persona music. So uh, that that's an excellent choice and not something we touched on in this episode. So I'm excited for that. So, all right. Uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. and. We're going to close out with The Whims of Fate from Persona 5. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.
but first we have to move that bunny. Oh gosh, what is she doing? Why do you lay there? Okay, I'm sorry if this is TMI, but uh, Matoya doesn't doesn't always use the litter box as litter box because you know she has the whole cage. Um, yeah, but sometimes the spot where she decides to stand and use as her litter box, she's just like, "Meh, I'm gonna lay here now." And we're like, "No, oh. you can lay anywhere <laughs> else. Please lay anywhere else." And usually it's not an issue because we we leave the hutch open a lot. Yeah. So she has plenty of other good places to choose. But yep. sometimes she's just like, okay, I'm going to lounge here. Yeah. I have to incubate okay, these I'm, now. I'm, I'm done. I have emptied. I have laid my little tiny eggs. I will now <laughs> <Yeah>. mother them. 